0: This is the Wealth Standard podcast, the gold standard in all things financial. Hi, everyone! Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wealth Standard podcast. It's episode 208, and I have a special treat for you today. Uh, my much better half actually decided to uh, to come on the podcast. Actually, I had to twist her arm a little bit. Maybe a little bribery was involved. I don't know. Uh, but it's been the first. It's the first time I've asked her a number of times in the past, and and she agreed. And I think one of the one of the reasons was because we had a really cool experience uh, a few weeks ago in Mexico. And for those of you who have been listening for a while, uh, you know my wife Cynthia is from Mexico originally and uh, she actually you know moved here just shortly before we got married. And it is it was interesting this experience that we had because we went down with a nonprofit group and did some service over the course of 4 days. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily uh, where she was from. It was a few hours uh, a few hours north uh, but nonetheless, it was it was really interesting to experience uh, the culture from a different perspective, uh, and we had some great experiences. We were able to volunteer uh, at a medical clinic, uh, at a, a nursing facility, nursing home, or assisted living facility, uh, as well as a few different neighborhoods uh, that there are some uh, kids that are sponsored by this nonprofit. Anyway, Cynthia and I go through. Just really a lot of the mindset associated with uh, with Mexico, uh, as well as the socioeconomic class there, and why people stay in ruts and what it takes to get out of ruts, uh, and so it's uh, it's pretty enlightening. And I was, you know, she was probably an awesome guest to have for this specific topic, and uh, so I know you're going to enjoy. And we actually did a video of this, so if you guys want to head over to our YouTube channel. It's YouTube.com forward slash Paradigm Life. Then you'll be able to uh, to see the both of us. And so hope you guys uh, hope you guys enjoy. Check out the show notes too because we have some resources there that you're definitely going to want to check out. Uh, one is a specific article that relates uh, to the topic, uh, topic at hand. So you guys are going to enjoy that. All right. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Okay. So you guys are in for a big treat today. I have – I think you're a legend. You're a legend and you're a celebrity by now because – uh, you're mentioned quite often wow. on the, on the podcast and now you're here like in the flesh. <gasps> how does it feel to be on the podcast Cynthia?
1: Wow, I'm really excited. <laughs> I guess.
0: <laughs> All right, so my so today's guest is is, uh, is my wife, Cynthia. And uh, we've been married for how long? I 14 years. 14 years. We have uh, three kids. Uh 12 year old almost 13, 11-year-old and 3-year-old. Plus we have some other people living with <laughs> living with us. Oh, we've had all we had we've had a lot of people living with us over the years. Brothers on both sides, moms. Yeah. Big family. Yep. Okay, so the reason why we were going to have you come on today is because last week we had a pretty cool experience with some of the people here at the office and their family members as well as Uh, Our kids and and us. It was our first time going down there. Uh, But why don't you tell, yeah, why don't you tell everyone like what we, like more or less what we did uh, last weekend over, well, let's see, it's about a week and a half ago.
1: Yeah. Well, we went with um, Stefano, which is a nonprofit organization that I'm part of. Um, And we just went and did some service there, uh, we took some food and clothes and, uh, we visited, an um, nursing, a nursing, nursing home right? and, um, yeah, special I mean, we went to a special needs school. Uh, see, yes. Um, we took supplies to that school and, um, to this other group that's there that helps the kids, um, in a neighborhood there. Um, uh, we did a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, worked at that. Uh, it was a medical medical clinic. Yeah, here's it's what's interesting is, well, first off, yeah, the Stufano thing. It's, you know, uh, one of the guys in the office, John. Uh, his wife, Ruth, is one of the Ruth Stewart, and then her is it her sister? sister? Mm-hmm. That uh, they're the ones that they formed it. And do you remember? Remember we were in we were in uh, London? Was it in London? Like a couple, um, a couple years, like three years ago? Uh, Vienna. Years ago, years ago? It was Vienna. And, and we were there with John and Ruth and Ruth and John was like rolling his eyes and Ruth was, you know, telling us about the, the nonprofit, but, and it's been really cool what they've done since then, but it's a really, really small, small company, small, small group. And they go down to uh, Puerto Penasco, Mexico, which is in Sonora. You're, and you're from originally from Sonora, right? Somewhere there? Yeah. Somewhere around there. <laughs> uh, and anyway, yeah, so we went, went down there and, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's 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 far outside of uh, Phoenix where a lot of people go there over the weekend, right? So there's that aspect of Mexico. There's like a beach and it's also called Rocky Point, like the American version of Puerto Penasco. But there is a there's a, a a pretty poor section of that of that town that is in you know, they definitely have some some needs. And down in Mexico, you don't have the social services that you have in, in the United States. And so not at all. Yeah, if it's a nursing home, typically here you'll have Medicare. Um, sometimes Medicaid that will cover cover certain things with nursing homes, and they're uh, often publicly uh, publicly funded uh, in a different way. Besides those programs, uh, you also have schools that have you know federal support, state support, uh, but down and for special needs, same thing. But down there, none. Of, you don't have any of that.
1: Yeah, and I think that was a little shocking to Ruth and the other board members because they thought that that special needs school. Was getting some help from the government. Obviously, they knew it wasn't a lot, but they thought they were getting some help. And uh, when I was talking to the principal at that school, she told me they don't get any help. Mm-hmm. They just go around the neighborhood, which is a poor neighborhood, mm-hmm. and they just ask for help there.
0: And well, and they go to bi- the, some businesses, but they don't get they don't get a lot. No. All right, so I'm, I'm going to take a step back and probably explain like why we're talking about all of this. So the the topic for today is really talking about. Uh, cultural mindsets, group mindsets, and what keeps people stuck. And, and I, I discovered a lot of things. I had a, a cool example of just, you know, why there are certain uh, sociodemographic classes that are in, in certain situations. And that's like a scale below it, you know, most of which exists in the United States. But being there, you start to look at how, how people live and their mentality. And, you know, obviously you speak Spanish. I, I speak Spanish. And it, you're able to communicate in a certain, certain way. And I had some realizations this go around because of uh, because of Stefano, because of that group and what they were doing. And then their interaction with everyone down there. And this is not the first time they've done it. They've done it, you know, three or four times or more. Actually more.
1: More yeah. before the actual um, before they started their organization, they were already they were making on, trips yeah, there and They were going on helping. vacation and then you know mm-hmm. doing
0: doing service as well. Uh, and it was really like really understanding the language barrier where you have you know Ruth and and uh, um, everyone that went down there. I think we had fifteen people or something like that this time. Sixteen. Yeah. yeah. And it, what they were, what their motivations were, what they were trying to do, and, and the and the people that we were serving right had no you know really no idea of of that. So anyway, we're going to get into that and talk really. it relates to just behavior in general and i would say that that relates to business it relates to investment it relates to um you know how you conduct your life and what you know keeps you in a certain situation and what breaks you out of it so that's why we're uh, gonna kind of get into this as the example because we had a really cool conversation on the drive from uh puerto Penasco to to phoenix airport uh that i want to kind of you know pick pick your brain on because you're you came from that scenario i mean you grew up in some pretty uh harsh circumstances and even though you were you were younger, like you understand the mentality, and a lot of your family is in that, in that situation. Yeah. So it's the mentality and what keeps people stuck there and why they won't why they won't break out of it. So I want to you know just kind of pick your brain and see, you know, really if there are some general human things that relate to pretty much everybody that keeps them in certain situations uh, and really not able to get out of them. So that's that's the again the reason why we're going through all this today. But it should be a cool conversation, right? So let's go ahead and just talk about really where... So we were, we went through this whole, you know, this experience, right? Our kid, you know, Hannah and Megan were down there. They uh, were able to participate in a lot of what we were doing. I think they had a pretty good pretty good experience. And they there were other... Them. I think there's another, there another girl her age, but a lot of the kids that uh, Stefano sponsors, they sponsor like some tuition for private school for some of the kids in these bad neighborhoods. Um, and so there's lots of kids around, right? And we... What was really cool is that the two different neighborhoods... Uh, what they would do is when they were doing some service and they were taking uh, food and so forth, they would go um, and get some of the kids in one neighborhood and help them, you know, really uh, perform some service in the other neighborhood, right? So it was, it was really interesting. But you know, we were really good experience, and then we we're coming back, and then you you posed a a pretty interesting a pretty interesting question. So why don't you kind of walk us walk us through that?
1: Well, obviously, I was you know after seeing all that, um, you just wonder why or how um, how that happens and how the entire country is poor. And I was saying to you, why do you think, because the U.S. and Mexico had to start, they both started from nothing. And so I was just wondering how these countries started and it progressed, it's really successful and even the poorest person in the US does not compare to a poor person in Mexico mm-hmm. and and i was wondering why Mexico started you know and there's all these differences and um why it seems like it just never really prospered yeah.
0: that was a good question right and it, and i think that's one thing that you know when you see the polarity when you see the two sides of two sides of in this case you know a socioeconomic perspective right you see super poor and then and some you know one of the neighborhoods was built on top of like a like the land it was donated by a wealthy person and it, and it was you know built on top of a landfill right so they they had an old landfill there and they put a bunch of you know soil and sand and then put houses on top of it and there was, so there's no sewer system anyway just a it was one of those things where I think people were congregating along a, a, a railway and they moved that, you know, that little community over into this this new community. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, there's some cinder block homes. Uh, there's trash everywhere because there's a landfill. Uh, and then they also had these very kind of makeshift homes there. So you had people in very impoverished, impoverished conditions. So, and I thought it was a great a great question. So, you know, one of the things we talked about is, you know, you look at the United States. And, and it's not perfect by any means. I mean, we have, our, we have our issues, but comparatively speaking, like we're doing better than most in a, in a lot of instances, even though we still have, you know, some pretty big issues. But you look at really how the country formed, right? We're not going to get into a you know, history lesson right now, but, you know, they're, the founding fathers really, they, they understood and studied, you know, civilizations of the past, more of the civilizations that fell, which most did, uh, and why they fell. And there were certain elements of each of those civilizations and governments uh, that were good. And then there were uh, elements that were bad, which is the reason why they collapsed. And, you know, you can look at, uh, you know, Rome uh, or anyway, there's so many different empires that you know, fit that fit that bill. And so really, as the founding fathers got together, they, you know, really tried to uh, collaborate and they took a lot of elements of different, you know, different governments of the past Put them together to become a you know democratic republic, and having different you know branches of government, uh, having different you know democratic processes associated with electing officials. I mean, all, all of that, and I would say that that's important, right? Because laws and rules are important. It's what keeps people on certain paths, right? One of the examples that we heard about there, and I'm still kind of suspect on this one. I'm not entirely sure, but there there's a law that one of the one of the translators that was you know that helped the group mm-hmm. last year and the year before, uh, Javier, like he. He said that there was a, a rule in Puerto Penasco, if you hire somebody for I think it was like ninety days or two, two, months. Mu- two months two okay, months okay two months that like you you couldn't fire them without big penalties. So in in essence like those type of laws even you know if it's not true whatever but if it is true those type of laws like anybody can do they can be complacent they can be unprofitable for the business owner it's not going to help a business right and people are going to be uh, more reluctant to hire people too. So it's one of those things where laws are important, but really a democratic republic allows you to, you know, create laws, uh, and then obviously the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, are the principles by which those laws are made. So anyway, there's we're not gonna get into a lot of that. So that's a that's an element of it, but so I think rules, laws, uh, and values and principles are are a huge part of it. Now looking at Mexico, I don't know enough to, to talk about you know the Mexican history and how their government was created. Uh, all I know and all you know is what exists uh, right now. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is we we'll, we'll, let's kind of take that aside. But I think if you really want to learn more about that, I, I was thinking about an experience I had a, uh, several years ago in Belize, uh, and I went down there uh, to look at a, a real estate development with uh, the real estate guys. and uh, they had uh, an economist that works with the Cato Institute. His name's Richard Ron. He's the the pirate economist. Like he has an eye patch. I'm not sure what the backstory is with the eye patch, but he's called the. I don't. I don't know if he's called the pirate economist, but that's how I refer to him as. Oh, that's terrible. All right, but anyway, the the Cato Institute is you know it's a kind of a think tank type of institution in Washington D.C. and it has you know really a lot of influence and lobby power with. Um, you know, with Congress and with other elected officials there. And they try to really, you know, influence with, uh, you know, a principal free market based uh, perspective laws and um, initiatives and, and programs and, and so forth. So Richard Ron, he was down in Belize because he was consulting with the country of Belize because they were looking at their monetary system, their banking system. Uh, and right now you know, it pegs to the dollar, the currency of Belize. And so they were looking at really, you know, how could you create a, a currency uh, based, on, based on Belize? And it was, fa- it was a fascinating discussion. Like he wanted to create an ETF exchange-traded fund that had like the commodities and the exports of Belize. Like what were their natural resources and base their currency on that. Fascinating discussion. But anyway, the point is he uh, was instrumental in consulting with some of the post-Soviet Union countries. And one of which was uh, the country of Georgia, and uh, Georgia. Obviously, we have you know Georgia in the United States, Peach Peach Country, right? But uh, but there's a country of Georgia that's in uh, that's in Europe. It's right on uh, right on the ocean, and and he was walking through like how just a uh, some changes to the banking system in Georgia. And some sort of, you know, legal legal reform, economic reform, Georgia was able to completely thrive. Even though they had, you know, communist mentality and perspective about, you know, laws and about civilization, about how they uh, conducted, each, uh, conducted themselves with one another. They still, you know, they had that perspective, but yet even just the economic laws allowed them to build businesses. It had other businesses want to come in and invest there. Like right now, not many people want to go invest in Mexico right? Because there's uncertainty associated with a lot of different things. I mean, what business would want to go to Mexico if you had to like hold a person after two months for indefinitely without a big penalty? Like nobody would do, no business would do that. It doesn't make any sense, right? Because then like people don't have to show up and they did this with, Right. So it's one of those things where, you know, it prevents I understand why laws like that are created. So it gives people a job, but it doesn't help in the long term side of things. Right. So really, if you look at, you know, Georgia and what it's done, there's lots of you know, international uh, hotels there from international brands. Uh, a lot of U.S. brands are there uh, and it's and it's thriving. And then a couple of years ago, I, we're, uh, you were on the uh, the cruise. When the, the guys from Estonia were there, do you remember that? Ah, uh, yeah. That was like the first or second year that we went on. It was, it was a while ago. Yeah. I think it was the second year, and that was when Kiyosaki was on the first time, and they they came. But there were these there were these guys, big rich dad rich dad fans that came from Estonia, which is also a post Soviet Union country, uh, and it's proof that like within that younger people, there's this desire to to thrive. There's a desire to get out of the circumstances that they were you know raised in. And uh, so anyway, there's a lot of economic side of things that affect how, uh, you know, how countries, how populations thrive, but we're not gonna get into the economics of it, Cynthia, mm-hmm. unless, you wanna, unless you wanna do that. We'll get into the cultural, uh, cultural and mindset side of things. But I, actually, I'll, I'll say one thing. So it's interesting, I was talking to John, who's one of our guys here, uh, and, that's, and Ruth, is his, uh, Ruth is his wife, who's the, the founder of the, uh, of the nonprofit. But there, the access to credit is very limited so not many people can borrow money, and if you borrow, you're borrowing it at like insanely high interest rates. Yes, it's so, really hard. Yeah, so it prevents people from starting a business or prevents them from going to school where there's not that access to uh, to good credit. And so I found that's another very interesting thing because if you look at the United States, now again, credit has got us into a lot of trouble, way you know, really big trouble, but looking at credit and the ability to lend without, you know, what's going on right now, which is the fractional lending system and the derivative market, that's just totally exacerbated things. But looking at really the access to credit and being able to take money and pay it back later with with interest, people are able to really start businesses and start, uh, you know, commerce. And our next door neighbors, uh, Don and Nancy, I mean, they do a micro lending program uh, and they consult with, you know, countries around the world Right to give them little micro loans, not like you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. It's more of like you know, fifty bucks here, twenty bucks here, hundred bucks here, right? Where you know people can go and buy crops and then go and sell them at market, or they can you know start a cell phone business or a jewelry business or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that so access to credit is really important. But we're going to get into the the culture, culture and mindset too. All right. So looking at you know looking at Mexico. I mean, you you grew up there. Like, what what is the like, what would you guess? I mean, looking at the, the, the poverty situation of those two communities that we were in, like what, what is like, what are some, not all, but what are like, what are, what are they thinking? Like, what are they, you know, they wake up in the morning and it, how do they conduct their day? I mean, I know that this is, you know, different you've been in the U S now for, uh, 14, 14 years. 15 years. Yeah. So it's, so how, and, and this would be cool. This would be a cool conversation with us because. Uh, you know, you, we met in the United States, but you, you know, you were visiting here, like you were still living in Mexico and you had a complete cultural change. So I think it'll affect, um, affect this conversation because yeah, it wasn't easy for you. It wasn't easy for us the first couple of years, right? The cultural differences were like insane, but then you kind of, you know, progressed through the mentality and had big, big shifts. So Looking at, you know, again, your perspective on how they wake up in the morning and how they go about conducting themselves, what are their motivations? Like maybe, maybe comment on that a little bit.
1: Well, I think it's really, especially coming just from this neighborhood where we were um, last week, um, they're just so poor that there's really, and I mean, we were talking about this before, it's they're there. It's a bunch of people and they all think the same. And so it's really hard for them to get out of that. But I mean, I was actually when we were driving around, uh, I was actually thinking how sad of a life they have because they get up in the morning and they're just thinking, okay, I have no job. I don't I mean, I was talking to some kids and they stopped going to school because they don't have money. For the bus, the
0: bus doesn't to go, go to uh, school. Because there's no public system and that goes out there yeah, and picks them up.
1: Yeah. And so they would have to take a cab. And obviously they don't have money for that. So then they just stop going to school. So then it's just... They get up in the morning and they just wonder when they're going to eat. What they're going to eat. And that's it. So it's I mean survival. It's, it's just, yeah. They're on survival mode pretty much. And I mean it's just... I feel... Bad when people think that, or we think it's easy. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And,
0: but they don't know, what you know, to do.
1: okay, even if they, okay, get up, get in the shower, get ready, and go, go where? Mm-hmm. And how am I gonna get there? And I, well, these people don't even have water, so they, yeah. you know,
0: yeah, those but, are pretty, those are really harsh, harsh conditions. But I think you said a couple things here. Go keep going, yeah.
1: Um. No, I mean, I, I forgot what I was going to say, but just Sorry. they, you know, it's really easy for us to, to say, you know, you can do this, you can do that, but it's, um, it's not that they don't want to prosper is, it's just really hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, most of them don't know that they can live differently.
0: I think one one thing you hit on it which which is a group mentality, right? Where I think we're all driven by those kind of survival instincts, right? Regardless of what, you know, wh- where we're at in life, but I think in that environment it's like they see everybody else like they walk out the door, walk outside the door and then and then there's
1: they all do the same. they all do
0: the same thing, right? And they're in the same same conditions. And so what's the what's the motivation there? It's it's survival, right? And I think if you look through, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I mean, your basic needs, like, if if you're focused on, like, feeding yourself and having shelter, right, you're not really concerned with, like, entrepreneurial things or going to get a job or getting more education, like, if you can't even survive. And so, it's, what's interesting is, I mean, that is where I, where I think with Stufano, like, they want to help in the, that regard, and that's what's interesting is that the mentality of people there isn't, like, this, you know, esoteric, I'm going to... You know, I, I can do amazing things with my life, right? It's basically, I, I need to feed my family. Like, I need to feed myself, right, mm-hmm. to to survive. And that's where I think it's interesting it's like as a as a you know a group. And we'll get through, like, you know, in a second, just, like, how, how people can get out of those circumstances and what our plan or what Stefano's plan uh, is. Uh, but in the end, it's one of those, like, people get stuck. And a lot of it is because, as you said, they don't know another way. Right, they don't know what it what it is. We do, right? We have a different perspective. They don't, right? They, and that's where it's like if they don't know what's in store for them, they're never going to be motivated to change, right? Because it's like there's no reward that they see down the road. That yeah,
1: and I mean, and I don't think that's only there. I mean, it, that's I think it's the same thing with us. Mm-hmm. We can be, you know, we're okay. We we're, you know, we're not just trying to survive or anything but we're scared of trying new things and we're scared of doing things differently mm-hmm. and i mean then then we can get stuck too yep.
0: no, it's, and not it's,
1: not at the same level but you get stuck too
0: mm-hmm. no i think it's at, it's at most levels i think when you're going through those i mean maybe you can look at it in the context of the hierarchy of needs but if you go from the physical physical aspect where you have to meet your physical needs uh food shelter clothing then you get to the safety side of things, where you do what's possible to keep yourself safe, uh, and then your family safe, or people around you safe. Uh, then it goes to relationships, establishing friendships, and uh, you know intimate relationships, and then to the point where it's you know self-esteem. Like all those different rungs, going from one to the next, there's always that fear. That's that fear of losing what you have and sacrificing it for a, for good. Does that make sense? Because like mm-hmm. you know what you have, right? That's known. You don't know what you don't have. It's not known. It's a risk knowing something. It's one of those like instinctive things we have where it's like, I I know it I'm, and I'm safe knowing that even though it probably could be better. I'm still safe and I'm pretty good where I'm at. The pain is not that great, but that next level that's where it's like it takes a leap and going from like, I think the bottom rung, like the physical, your physic, you know, physical needs. I mean, yeah, that must be one of the harder ones to, to jump into that safety and to then jump into relationships and then jump into self-esteem yeah, I would say it's one of the more difficult ones where they don't want to sacrifice, you know, what they have, uh, even if it is better potentially. Okay, so yeah, so looking at you know as we were driving around, those were probably the the law of law. And obviously, there's other third world countries that are in very similar uh, situations. Um, so maybe let's talk about, all right, how do they get out? Like, what is, what are some of the the solutions? And so, and this kind of goes to you know, the mission of Stefano. Uh, but I would also talk about what was interesting between the language barriers. So maybe talk about like, okay, here's where here's where these people are at. Here's the mission of Stefano, which is to get them out of there. But then it's the language barrier, which m- maybe wasn't able to communicate what Stefano was trying to do for the communities.
1: Well, um, I mean, when we were there and you asked uh, John... If, if the people getting the help knew why, why we were doing what we were doing, and I think that made him kind of stop and think, and um, and he was wondering if, you know, if the any of the other people that were in our group or board members w- knew that, um, and yeah, I mean, our goal is to get them out of that situation. But um, yeah, like you were saying, especially because most of the people in our group don't speak English, I mean, Spanish. Mm. Um, it's it's just really hard. Mm. And then um, there's a couple um, in our group, you know, Nikki and Paul, mm. and they're so great uh, with with everyone there and everyone loves them. Um, they go more often than we do as a group and they just go the extra mile and so they're sponsoring this little girl and at one of the dinners I sat with them because they brought the mom and the little girl to have dinner with us and I just sat with them so that I could translate for them and um, for me, it was really nice to see how grateful her mom was and how she knew that that's not the life that she wants for her daughter and that she tries to make her realize that that's not what, you know, what she wants for herself either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, it was just really good to see that. But then we weren't so clear about the people there knowing why we were doing what we were doing. Mm. Um, and I mean, one of the things that Stefano had planned to do is to show them how to have a garden and so they can do things for themselves. So be they're not yeah, self-sufficient and not, you know, not just sitting there and um, getting things for free. Um, but then again, their situation is so bad. I mean, they don't, they can't get water to drink. So obviously they can't be watering their plants and stuff, they're no, I mean, they can't do that. So, um, so yeah, it's just really hard. And, um,
0: yeah, I think the, I would say like the, those basic needs are, are first and foremost. Right. But then I think once, yeah, once you get to a certain, a certain level, that's when I think having the, the perspective of like, okay, what's in store for me provides that provides an incentive, right? Because it's the reason why that mom like wanted her daughter out of it because she knew there was something better, right? And there's an incentive to be better, to be in a different situation, right? And I think that a lot of people there, number one, I don't think they have this, the the belief that it was possible, and I don't really think they understood what was better and what they would have to do or what direction they could receive in order to, to get there. Because in the end, everyone's in, everybody's motivated by an incentive, right, an incentive to uh, feel fulfilled, to feel uh, achievement we all are motivated by that there i mean i, th- I think maybe that motivation goes you know it, it doesn't become uh like kind of esoteric and become like this this more feeling side of things until those physical needs or physical needs are met but yeah i mean we did experience that with a lot of them but at the same time it's like some of those kids that were sponsored right in the past years like stopped going to school they stop doing, you know, other things. There's all sorts of distractions. So it's one of those things where, you know, why does that happen? Like, why, did, why will someone receive uh, aid or help and they start to make progress and then they fall off the wagon? Like, what, like, what are some of the reasons that that happens down there?
1: Well, I mean, they just have, you know, all these stuff going on with their families too. Yeah. Um,
0: no, I think it's a big thing. It's like one of those, if you like if you start to progress beyond where your family is, right? And you've experienced this uh, with your family, but if you progress beyond where your family is, right? It's almost kind of like there's a resentment there or even even in your your community. It's like, well, look at, you know, they're stuck up or they're, you know, they've sold out, they're beyond where we're at. And and I see that, right, all the time. I see it with your family. I see it with other families too. It's one of those things where that sometimes keeps people – stuck because now there's this group that they were a part of. There's a group that they belong to. uh, There's a community and that community is at a certain level. And now that they're trying to get it beyond that level, it's like, oh, you're too good for me type of attitude, right?
1: Yeah. And it's funny because I even saw it with um, um, a little girl. She was seven or eight years old and she was talking to me the whole time I was there. And and I, I thought it was really funny that she was so young and she was talking to me about this older girl that Nikki and Paul are sponsoring and how she gets to go to this school and she goes in the morning instead of in the afternoon like she has to do. And um, and then she heard me talking to this older boy um, who is the one that said he just had to stop going to school because he had no way to get there. Um, and then, I mean, so many times it came up when we were handing out food, I overheard this, um, lady talking to her mom about the, her little girl and how, oh no, she's not going to school today because she doesn't have money for lunch. lunch yeah. I mean, it just, it's crazy. But this little girl, um, heard me talking to the boy about, you know, how he's not going to school because he can't um, get there. And, and I said, find a way there's this group over here. Um, there's another group in Puerto Penasco that, um, helps kids a lot. And and the people that are sponsoring kids to go to school right now, um, are doing it through this other group. Um, anyway, um, and there's
0: there's accountability there. Yes. That's a, that's a big thing, which I was, they have a,
1: yeah, they have a really good system there Mm -hmm. Um, and she's been doing it for years now so anyways but I said you know there's this other group and if you go to school and they can help you and uh, all this stuff and but this little girl heard me and 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 she asked me okay so if I have good grades if I go to school all the time um, do you think I can get help so I can keep going to school Mm -hmm. so she was really interested but at first she was kind of resentful towards this other little girl That was already doing that. Mm -hmm. That was already getting help and going to this better school, and I just thought it was really interesting. And, um, but yeah, I mean, there's always going to be that. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens with the older boys, um, and you know, John and Ruth were telling us about these older boys that they were trying to help, but then they stopped going to school, and and so I think as they get older, then the other kids who are maybe jealous just resentful or whatever it is they start making fun of them Mm -hmm. so that somehow they make them think that them doing those things um it's it's stupid Mm -hmm. and and also telling them that that's that there's no way they're gonna get out of there Mm -hmm. that there's no way they're gonna make some progress and so so they, then they just stop. Just, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that's oftentimes you, you, you see that again, it comes down to that, you know, that, that group mentality, the herd mentality, the bigger, the the bigger, the group, the more you're going to face that and the, and the stronger it is because nobody, I mean, I think because of our natural desire to be part of a community, to have relationships, like we don't want to be the odd one. We don't want to be the, 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 you know, the stupid one or the geek or the, you know, so it's one of those, it's one of those things where we don't want to, we don't want to stand out at the same time that's exactly what holds people back so it's one of those like catch-22s like you were naturally driven And this may not, you know, I think people are like, well, how do I relate to this? I'm, you know, most people listen to podcasts are not in those situations, but it's, it's identical regardless of going from one step to another. I think if we're, as you're going through with, whether it's your business or whether it's your personal life or whether it's your uh, financials and, and whatever, it's, it's everybody faces a very similar dynamic as you want to get to that next level. Because right now the level that you are, are at, um, you know, I would say a lot of the people you hang out with, the group that you're associated with, is in the very same situation, and and so looking at getting to that next level, you're not going to have those same associations most likely unless everybody goes together, which is not often the case, rarely the case. So here, it's like it's one of those things where those conditions are so are so dire that. It is, it's, it's the kids are even being exposed to ridicule, even though they want to make, they want to make steps and nobody wants to be the odd person. They don't want to be the stupid one. So, so again, what, what, what can be done? Like, I mean, this goes to, you know, Stefano's mission, but it goes to, you know, just other organizations as well. And I think we're hitting on a lot of it, which is, I would say the kids need to understand these principles, these values. And also I think they need to understand like the purpose behind why, like, like, um you know this group or others are doing what they're doing they're not doing it out of obligation they're doing it out of listen here's another way here's a better way you don't have to be here your entire life you can be there here are some things to help with the situation but it's not to just you know perpetuate what you already have right and stay in that same stuck position it's to enable you to get to that next level, so you can pay it forward and pass it and pass it on, right? And so that's what you know with with Stefano, what they're trying to what they're trying to do with children. Um, maybe explain why they're with kids and how kids are starting to use technology and be plugged into you know what's going on in the world. How that may help them see like, wow, I don't have to be in that in that area. So so what are kids like? you know what do you think kids there i mean some of them have phones the internet's more prevalent i know that, that that paul was talking about putting like a mesh network or whatever of just internet there not for kids to like you know go on facebook and play games well may, maybe it's some of that but it's also to really be able to see outside of that community so they can see something something greater like what do you do you think that is going to help with with kids who are there and maybe have the motivation to you know do something different in order to get to that that different outcome
1: well i mean i think just seeing different stuff is going to help them i think just having access to these things that they didn't before um you know like this um, other group that's there and they have computers set up for them to come and do their homework and i mean i remember that i wasn't as poor as these kids but for me doing homework or trying to print something, it was so hard because not everyone has a computer at home or a printer mm-hmm. or internet. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think obviously that helping with school because they're going and doing their homework there, but also getting on social media and just seeing what's going on in the world and just seeing how other people live and how they do things. Um, I think if you spark the little you know, just in their head and oh oh they have that. How do they get that? And and I think that's what helps them um
0: Get out of where they're Yeah, at. get yeah. So maybe maybe if you're open to it, you don't have to do this, but if you're open to it, I mean maybe it will we can end with, you know, talking about that, you know, going from Uh, you know going from one situation to to the next I think you were probably closer than anybody to actually experiencing and living that uh, that life Um, you know based on the group that we went down with now what you experience from you know a a young adult into you know now an adult with kids and and in an established community like what's what was that process like I mean I know that it was really difficult in, in a lot of a lot of instances Um, But looking at really what the outcome is, maybe talk about how sometimes it's worth going through some pretty painful situations in order to get what you have.
1: Oh, I mean, it's totally worth it. Um, And it, yeah, it is painful. And especially when you're going through that with your husband, with your brand new husband. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I think coming from Mexico and not speaking English and living with you with a totally different mentality as my dad or anyone in my family. Any of
0: your family.
1: Um, I mean, it, I, it's really difficult. Um, and it's a long process. It doesn't happen overnight, but obviously the, the end result is, is totally worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if I can go and talk to those kids and, and say all, all this to them, um, I mean, of course, of course it's worth it.
0: And that's where I would say, you know, in, and they're not all going to go like find an American husband, right? It's not one of the herb or, you know, wife. It's one of those just seeing life differently. I saw life differently, right? And there's the accountability there where, you know, and I don't, I was kind of a, a probably a jackass more than, more than, yeah, you more than up for, you know, I've, I've matured <laughs> since. I'm still in the process of doing that, I guess. Um, but it was one of those things where I knew it was possible for you. I knew what the outcome would be you didn't right because you had never experienced it i did and looking at the accountability side of things that's where it becomes that's where the challenge is because if there's no accountability then you're gonna face a a painful situation and not do anything and that's what most that's where most people just you know stay stay stuck so you know instances where it was like you know i think one of what was one thing i used to do it was horrible That I I would just like, you know, when you wanted to order food at a restaurant or whatever, I'd just like you know turn the other way to make you like order for yourself.
1: I know. And it was so embarrassing. (laughs) But, Uh. and I mean, and just the fact that we got married and you said, okay, no more Spanish. And you would never talk to me in Spanish. And that was really hard. But obviously a few years after when I could speak English, I was really grateful that you did that. Mm -hmm. Um, But...
0: Yeah, and that and that's I would say those are a few of the variables that it's. and so so whether you know I would say in those situations with uh, with the group in Mexico and those povertyish conditions like two of those variables is number one seeing the end and having somebody that's aside uh, uh, alongside of you that also see that sees the end and then as you go through where you're at to that point then it's the accountability so that when you face a moment of decision to go to school or not go to school do your homework or not do your homework um, not eat lunch maybe you know get you know walk 10 miles to get there it's one of those like they're they're in those painful situations most people will not push through the pain they will just you know they'll forego it so having an accountability person that's there but i would also say that's the same thing with with business and with um uh with what you want to do as an entrepreneur or a business owner or an investor or, or whatever or even a family i think all aspects of life it's if you know what that looks like, find somebody that's been there and experienced that, whether it's a coach or a mentor, uh, and then have accountability along the way. So as you're going through those steps, you're able to, you know, push, push through it. And that helped me. I mean, this year it helped me because I haven't had the you know, greatest year, with a lot of the uh, challenges with our, with our family and with uh, business and a lot of other things. It's like, I, I knew, I knew it was possible to go through it, but it was hard. And it's really whether it's accountability or seeing the other side or just continue to face things. Like having people alongside of you is is going to be is going to be huge. I'm not sure if it was it would have been possible without that. Um, so maybe go through some final final thoughts that you have in regards to the message that we're trying to. Hopefully, there was one cohesive message that <laughs> everyone was under, be able to understand. Uh, but maybe any final thoughts as as we uh, we start to wrap it up.
1: No, I mean I think. You know, what you said is um, really good. Just if you see someone that's doing something, um, then why don't, you know, why not asking? Why not finding out how you can um, get that or achieve that? Um, And I mean, even with these kids, the lady that we should say, the lady that started that other um, group there. That's what she did. She didn't have money to go to school and she went around, found somebody to sponsor her, and then she finished college and all this stuff and then and, work for them. and then yeah. yeah, and she started this now and um and I mean there's a lot of there's great L- kids there lowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, th- there's a lot of good kids there that that see that and they're making a lot of progress and um so yeah, I mean I think I think that's that's how it works. Um, Because we don't know everything and we just have to risk it and, you know, just, just go ask.
0: So what was your experience like on your very first podcast interview?
1: Uh, I don't think I'm made for this, but, (sighs) but thank you.
0: you. (laughs) 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 All right, everyone. Well, hopefully uh, you enjoyed this week's, uh, this week's episode. I would, I would probably say the same thing as we wrap up that, you know, really I, I, anything you want. I mean I think especially in our day and age, anything you want, it's it it's been done. I mean, there's not much that's been that hasn't been accomplished other than, you know, the you know, the Elon Musks of uh of the world or Jeff Bezos of the world that wanna, you know, mine asteroids. I mean stuff like that is, you know, I don't know if I'll ever want to do that. But it's one of those things where getting to a point whether it's your finances or getting to a point with your business or getting a point to, you know, making a difference it's been done. It's been done a lot and there's lots of examples of it and the variables really to get from where you're at right now, um, I think those are kind of understood too but it comes down to really finding someone that you can align with that's been there or can empathize and then also accountability so that when it's difficult, when you're doing new things that uh, are not your old past behavior that got to you to where you're at, doing new things that push you through those barriers. That's when having a mentor, accountability, a coach and so forth is going to push you beyond it. So, all right, everyone. Thank you very much. And uh, Cynthia, thank you. Good job. Bumps. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> we didn't get interrupted by the kids that were downstairs watching, watching movies in the, in our little break room here at the office. Okay. um, Cool. Do you want to come on in the future? Talk about stuff? Sure. Okay. Talk crap about me. Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: Just, yeah, just bring someone else and I'll do it. <laughs>
0: All right, everyone. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast, the gold standard in all things financial.